course it's okay to make money, but truly you feel bad sometimes, especially young professionals starting off, even professionals that have been in for a while to say, yeah, um, it's okay to make money on something. In fact, that I love, that's a perk that you can make money on something you love as well. Welcome to the Major League Eventing Podcast, the show for eventing fans, by eventing fans. If you listen to the show, you know how much we love Main and Tail. So Main and Tail is going to be at Land River, Kentucky with a booth, Karen. Yes, they are. They're going to have all the products. They're going to have their super knowledgeable and friendly staff there to, to help assist everyone in picking up just the right shampoos and grooming products for their horse. Right. Amazing, amazing team there. They have an amazing team. That's one thing that sets those guys apart is they have this really small group that travel around the shows. And we're talking... From the owner on down, Karen. <laughs> right. These are not just, you know, these are really not nice <laughs> right. been there for years and years and years. They're fantastic. You might be talking to Devin himself, the owner. You know, More I mean? than likely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're probably going to talk to Devin or you'll see Ashen or you'll, 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 you'll see Karen. You'll see all of our friends over there. Yes. They're wonderful, wonderful people. Wonderful. So if you have a question about your horse's grooming needs, go find Mane and Tail. Follow us. We're going to tell you exactly where the booth they're at. And... Ask your questions about grooming. They will help fit you up with the exact mane and tail product to fit your horse's needs. Right, Karen? Right. And tell them Rob and Karen from Major League Eventing sent you. April showers bring May flowers. Yeah, keep your horse dry this rainy season with the Rain Turtle by Turtleneck. Like all turtleneck blankets, they have the patented stretch features that fit your horse in all the right places. The blanket comes with a free spare parts kit, including the belly straps and rear leg straps. And an extra detachable fleece collar. And you also get a waterproof off-season storage bag. Yeah, the Rain Turtle has a three-year waterproof warranty, so you know if it lasts that long, you might need an extra part here. Mm-hmm. So, the three-year warranty, it comes in sizes 62 to 86, and it comes in a two-piece also. Mm-hmm. So, the two-piece is the rain sheet plus... A liner. Yes. Comes in two different weights. Mm-hmm. And the three piece has the sheet, the liner, and, and a neck protector. And the neck protector. So, for more information for sizing temperature guidelines, go to turtleneck.biz and order yours today. When it comes to insurance, there's only one person to call to cover all of your insurance needs. Whether it's for your horse, your farm, your home or business, Trish Scott has you covered. Her number is 484-319-8923. Trish was a guest on the show just a few weeks ago, and we were talking about insurance. And after talking to her, it really got me thinking, I am not fully insured. I got insurance, yeah, but I'm not properly insured. So think about this. Do you have tack? Is your horse insured? Is your trailer insured? Do you have rental insurance? If you teach, do you have insurance in case someone gets hurt while you're teaching them, whether on your property or off? These are all some serious, serious things to think about. If you have any questions about if you are properly insured, just give Trish a call at 484-319-8923 to discuss your plan and she'll look it over and she'll tell you if you're properly insured. So give her a ring 484-319-8923 and tell her Karen and Rob from Major League Eventing Essential. 
Fairfax and Favor is coming to Kentucky. Land Rover Kentucky is going to be lit this year, Karen. It sure is. I always say how much I love my Regina boots and how comfortable they are. So why not go to the Hound and Hair booth number 17 and try on a pair for yourself? Yeah, so in the trade fair booth number 17, Hound and Hair is going to have all the Fairfax and Favor boots, Karen, that you want to try on. All the boots and all the tassels. Absolutely. So... Marcus and Felix, the owners of Fairfax and Favor, are scheduled to be there, Karen. I know, that's exciting. So when you stop by and you say hello, tell them that Rob and Karen from Major League of Any said hello. Yes. Right? Tell yes. Them that you heard about them from us. Oh, yeah. And Karen, everyone needs to bring their friends to the hand hair booth and tell them why, Karen. This is big, big news. Big announcement, everybody. Big announcement. Huge announcement, Karen. So we're going to have a Regina boot giveaway. Yeah. So come, try on the boots, check out the clothing. And you and your friends and everyone that you know enter to win your own pair of Regina Tall Boots. Cameras. Yes. So, and if you have any other questions, go to fairfaxandfavor.com and we'll see you in Kentucky. Triple Crown Feed. Oh, man. yeah. Triple Crown, big fans of Triple Crown Feed. They have tons of, of great products out there, mm-hmm. premium stuff. Karen, what do you got to say over there? So, Triple Crown has formulas that are tailored to your horse's unique needs and help support immunity and gut health. Find your local Triple Crown Feed dealer by going to triplecrownfeed.com. Triplecrownfeed.com. That's a little bit of a tongue twister. It is. Triplecrownfeed.com. They have a great feed locator. They have a great feed comparison tool on their website. I encourage everyone to get over there. Check out Triple Crown Feed's website. Check out the different products. Check out what makes them so special. And give them a shot, right, Karen? Oh, yeah. Support the people to support the show. I'm Karen. And I'm Rob. Karen, very excited for today's Major League Eventing Podcast. Yeah. A little bit of a different show Mm -hmm. today. Normally, we have on like professional riders and officials and things like that. But today, we have a very special guest, Karen. Um, You know, we're always asking about like... um, 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 you know, questions for young riders and people trying to make it in a sport. Right. And a lot of times a common thread that we're, t- when we're talking to people, riders, maybe off the air, uh, you know, a lot of people are struggling, you mm-hmm. know, it's not an easy business. It's not, it's not very, uh, a big secret to know that it's hard to make money in the sport. It we sure don't have is. tons of prize money. We don't, you know, our, our eventing sport and equestrians in general, very grassroots, um, horses cost a lot of money. It's, it's a hard business. It's a hard, mm-hmm. a lot of hard knocks. So when we have a chance to, uh, talk to someone that can help the equestrians learn a little bit more about business, we thought this was a great opportunity. So what we did, um, we, 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 we met up with Emily Urban, and she has uh, like a program, and she, we're going to learn all about it, called the Rising Equestrian Pro, and then she has uh, programs for, for people that are starting out a business and stuff. So uh, let's just get right into it. We're going to learn about that, but we're really going to get down to some meat and potatoes. She's going to give us some some basics of business, right. and uh, so we're going to get a lot of value, mm-hmm. and then uh, we encourage everybody that at the end of the interview, if they're interested in learning more about Emily and her businesses, they can, you know, we're going to touch on what it is so people get an idea. But then they can contact and go to her website and right. learn even more about the 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 the, the trainings that, that that you can get through through her business. Yeah. So, uh, without further ado, uh, Emily Urban, welcome to the show. Welcome. Oh, thanks so much for having me. It's so great to be here. So yeah. appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. this is wonderful. Uh, Emily, you know, we, we, she was on the radar right at the same time. She contacted me right at the same time. I started seeing an advertisement for for the Rising Equestrian Pro. So this really worked out great. We had a, some fantastic conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, it took a little while to finally get together. This is our <laughs> longest, most 
longest scheduled interview. I think we were scheduled for like a month, and it was like, oh, man. Oh, that's great. I hope nobody forgot about this. But um, so, Emily, uh, uh, we always start off, we just, we're coming to you by Zoom, so it's great to know, where are you coming to us from? Yes, I am in upstate New York, Ithaca, New York, specifically. Oh, okay. So it's finally that time of year when the the, clear, the snow has cleared out and the spring is on the horizon. People are heading back north, so it's it's a good good time. We're all happy up here. Yeah, that's fantastic. Very cool. So, um, I I, I talked about the, the 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 rising equestrian pro. Can you give us give us a little bit of like your your bio? Maybe your uh, let's start with your business background and tell us a little bit about your business so people have an idea who you are and where how, and your perspective of where you're coming to us from. Yeah, yeah, sure. Well, maybe what I'll do is I'll I'll take it I'll take a step back a little bit further. I'll talk a little bit about me because I think it really speaks to what I'm doing here with the business. Um, so I, I grew up in, in Southeast Pennsylvania in Pony Club, Pony Club background here. I graduated with my HA and um, was really focused on eventing, had a, some op- awesome opportunities to work with some bigger riders like Courtney Cooper, um, Marsha Kulik down in Wellington, Corinne Donkers in Belgium. I spent some time there and I was that, that team that even early on in college thinking, oh, I'm going full-time pro. Why, why am I in college anyway? And it's, uh, you know, I really, I really struggled and I did not want to go to college. And my parents really put their foot down and said, Hey, you're, uh, you either go to college or you're, or you're, uh, you know, foot in the poor spill all on your own. So off I went and, and uh, surprisingly, I did find a, another love while I was there, and that was agriculture, and, and more specifically, international development in agriculture. And uh, that took me that took me to grad school, University of Georgia, and graduated there. And again, just focused on issues of global food security, and spent some time working for the U.S. Uh, Agency for International Development, or a project funded by that group, as well as uh, the former CEO of Tyson Foods. Tyson Foods is the the biggest protein company in the U.S. and one of the biggest in the in the world, actually. And uh, just had a, a really, and I worked, you know, had that part of my career where I spent a lot of time in Rwanda, working with small farmers on poultry businesses, actually. And uh, spent some time in Mozambique and in Haiti and um, really, really enjoyed working on issues of global food security. Um, and actually, I went back to grad school and that's actually I'm in, in a Ph.D. right now at Cornell. And at the same time, I finally got to live out my professional dream. And I have a, a teaching coaching business up here, which is really focused on the grassroots of, of eventing and getting people into our sport at the grassroots, which I'm uh, very, very proud of and really enjoy that and have a, a great pony club started up here as well, which I'm very proud of. And, and although I'm not the one contributing all, to all that, that's uh, there's a great people in our community making that happen. But anyway, so I launched the Rising Equestrian Pro and this has been in the works and 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 in through a lot of conversations I've had through a lot of people in the industry, um, because I'm really passionate about helping people find their own version of pro that's right for them. Like for me, I'm a I'm a dual I have a dual profession and grassroots focus. That's really my version of pro along with my my science career. 
Um, and then from a business perspective, I am really intrigued and curious and, and passionate really about understanding why some professionals are so successful, financially successful, successful as far as fulfillment and, and all of that. And why some, like you mentioned earlier, starting off, uh, just really struggle from the financial side and, and just, um, you know, it's, it's truly difficult. And so, yeah, so I came into this, <clears throat> launched this project to do, to do just that. And, and, and recently too, I've worked with, uh, venture capitalists, specifically Chloe Capital. Those are the, the folks that invest in early startup businesses and, and uh, the Cornell Business School mentoring program there. And so, yeah, I've just been all intrigued about all things business and trying to relate that to to the horse world and our sport specifically. Wow. Hmm. Very, very cool. It is. <clears throat> so let's do this. Let's talk a little bit more about, let's get into the meat and potatoes. Let's get some value to people. And then at the end... Um, you know, we'll learn more about the, the online courses that you're providing and the rising equestrian pro. Does that sound good? Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. So that way great. people kind of get to get, get, get to learning. Cause that's, what's really important yes. here, right? Yes. So, Definitely. Um, so, so, uh, you know, we, we, we had a great conversation and I thought that the, 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 the biggest thing that stood out to me, Karen, when, 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 when we were talking to Emily was, uh, you know, this is going to sound crazy, but the topic like, Hey, is it okay to make money? You know, and a lot of people feel, uh, you know, and I mean, included, you know, so you, true. you right. feel like yeah. bad for saying, Oh, can I make money? And Oh yeah, I'm actually charging a little bit more than it actually cost me, but you have to make money. It's, it's, uh, it's the way business runs. So can you speak to that a little bit yeah. and, and people being yeah, that, just afraid that to charge? Is such, yeah, that is such, that's such a truth there. Um, the, the thing is, our, it's okay as a professional, it is okay to make money. And, and it's kind of funny saying that, right? Like, of course it's okay to make money, but truly you feel bad sometimes, especially young professionals starting off even professionals that have been in for a while to say, yeah, um, it's okay to make money on something. In fact, that I love, that's a perk that you can make money on something you love as well. And in fact, these are businesses and it's, it's a, not a sustainable business if it's not a profitable, profitable business. And if it's not making money, it, it isn't a business. Uh, and so really, I think it's, it's, it's important as, as I talk to a lot of professionals and, really build my network and my understanding of the industry. It's, it's, uh, you know, there's something that we hear a lot on forums and professionals talk amongst each other. Hey, you gotta, you gotta charge, charge what you're worth, charge what you're worth. Uh, but that, that's, I mean, how much, how much do you know? How, what are you worth? And that's a whole nother, whole nother avenue. We won't go down today, but sometimes it's just about thinking about what are you already doing that's providing, providing worth. And, and one of those good examples actually in our industry here and some of the professionals in our sport is think about all the, those Facebook ads, right? Of course, sales and saddles mm -hmm. and that our professionals, their clients send to them and they give feedback and review and, you think about that is an incredible service to have the expertise of someone who's who really knows this sport, really knows horses, knows you to give. It might just be a quick text or two to, to give their feedback. But that really is something that, for example, could 
could be charged for. And a lot of professionals are starting to charge for things like that, which is really great because then then their clients say, hey, for $25, I can quick get this little piece of advice and I don't feel like I'm inconveniencing my trainer. Um, so you know that there's definitely opportunities for professionals to get creative in that way and, and think about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's interesting where like, I know I've had it before, you know, we, we, we shop for horses, you know, we, we, we're not in the sales business. So we're on the consumer side mm-hmm. of it when we buy a horse. And, you know, uh, I remember having a conversation with somebody and they were like, Oh geez, why, why are horses so expensive? You know, these trainers are gouging, which I found really crazy to think that someone actually thought that someone was like gouging for a $25,000 novice horse that was six years old coming up, you know, but the thing is that person had the horse for three years. You think of the care they had it right. insured, you know, uh, uh, the, the top quality feed, you know, and then on top of it, you have to have a little something in the bank account to, to keep the lights mm-hmm. on, you know, you can't care for the horse. If you're running in a negative, if you're, can you really truly care for your horse yourself, even your equipment, if you're running in a negative, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, and in fact, if they're, if your bottom line, if your margins are a little bit bigger, that's money that you can keep reinvesting into your horses and their care and your clients. And so, yeah, as long as, your horses are first and those clients are treated fair um, and everything is transparent. Yeah. You do want to have a, a, some income on that. That's and especially if you run the numbers on a horse like that, the $25,000 horse that, that adds up real quick. Yeah. yeah. Do, you have a, that horse if you, do you have a, do you have a, an idea like what, um, what's a margin someone should kind of shoot for? Like if someone was to sit down and go through their expenses, what's what is a proper margin that someone maybe should want to look base their business on? Is that a good, is that an okay question? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a really, that's a good question. Yeah. And it's something we actually don't think about much. And you know what? Um, when I worked, <clears throat> I worked with the, the former CEO of, of Tyson Foods, right? A huge multinational company. And something that I learned working with him as we would sit down and we were, you know, very different context, right? We're, we're working with chickens here and, and smallholder farmers, so small farmers in the context of Rwanda. And we're, we're looking at a chicken business for making income. But the biggest thing that he mentioned and that I think I learned from that experience was, hey, you've got to know your margins. You've got to know what each bird you calculate their feed, you calculate the time, you calculate sanitation. You should know when you sell that bird what your profit is. And that's going to be changing. And and that's you as a good business person needs to know where you're at and, and know your numbers really well. So when we look at our horse businesses, gosh, there's all we all have, there's so many different models. And you've, you've seen this as you've talked to so many different riders. You have riders focusing, riders and trainers focusing on um, bringing young horses along. Uh, you have riders and uh, trainers and professionals focused on the grassroots and and lessons, uh, even with lesson horses. Then you have those riders that are really, they're doing it all. They're doing sales, they're doing lessons, they're doing clinics, they're doing boarding, they're doing the whole whole thing. And so all of those are going to have a little bit of a different margin. So something to consider is um, they say around, you know, U.S. businesses, small businesses are Averaging around, I believe it's about a 15% margin. If you look at, if you look at um, going out and training, giving lessons to clients on their own horses, for example, you know, you're going to have a lot more margin with that than saying boarding per se. And you can see that actually we're seeing a lot of businesses 
going from um, just plain boarding businesses, for example, where the more margin can be quite small, you're looking at, yeah, you're looking at sometimes that 10% margin or, or less, depending on your area, sometimes more, right? It, there's, there's areas where boarding is very profitable, but then it kind of depends on, all right, if the margin is not where you want it to be, and it's something like boarding, then you think about how that has a place in your business. And so maybe it's uh, boarders can come into your facility in a full training program or are required to take a certain amount of lessons or whatever you need to do that makes it valuable for your business type of type of mindset. So I don't know, Rob, if that answered your question. No, it, <laughs> it does. It does. Yeah. A bit. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that it's, I think it's fair. And that 15% comes after you take a salary. Is that correct? Like that's the business's margin, correct? Yeah. Yeah. That is, um, yeah, exactly. I don't think that's gross margin. Yeah. So, yeah. Right. So, so right. that way people know, Hey, look, I, I, I gotta, you know, I gotta live on, <laughs> I, I, you know, the company needs to make money to have that rainy day, just right. like any other home and anything like that. Mm -hmm. so, very cool. Now we talked about sales. So say writer, trainer, whoever they're, they're trying to do the sales way but it's not working out. How long should they keep trying? And is it okay to say, you know, sales is not my thing? Oh, this is a, this is a good one, Karen. Yeah. Sales. So this actually, this speaks to this idea of something called a pivot in the startup world, for example, some of the private sector companies out, you know, other sectors really are good at this. So pivot is essentially you have a, a focus in your business and it's not working and you change it and you go for something else. And for you in the horse world, that might be, hey, um, I am not finding the profit that I'd like to in the sales business. It might be selling horses drives me nuts. I am not, you know, this is not a space for me. I don't enjoy this. Whatever the reason is, that is a clear indication that that and an opportunity to, in fact, pivot, find something else that you're passionate about that's profitable and, and do it quickly. And I think that's something that we see um, in non-horse businesses that can happen pretty quickly. So, for example, um, yeah, that's a great. Yeah, you gave a you gave a great example there. But seeing in your own business what's working, what's not, what are you enjoying, what are you not enjoying, and then move in that new direction and as quickly as possible. Now, of course, there's some infrastructure and things that need to shift, but definitely not being afraid, of, being afraid of that. And actually, I'll throw in one more story here, something that some people might not realize. Instagram, right? We all love Instagram, our social medias. Instagram first came out, called, it was called Bourbon. And it was actually this app that people could go and go to their favorite spots, their restaurants, or whatever, and, and tag the location and put in pictures and wasn't all that popular, but people love the, the photo sharing aspect of it. And so that company changed its name to Instagram and really focused on that. So it's just a really good example of, hey, what's working? Hey, this is working. Let's let's do more of this. If it's working and we like it, let's do that. So that's where that's where I would take that, Karen. Yeah. yeah. So you can't wow. be afraid to maybe change it up a little bit if it isn't working for you or if that's not the the market the, you know, uh, I guess the market has to dictate a little bit of which direction you go, what, what's what's kind of putting food on the table. Yeah. And it's, I mean, there's a little bit of, takes a lot of courage, right. To take that, to take that pivot. Um, it's hard. It's, it's easy for us to say, yeah. And, and from an outside perspective, but when you're, when you're living that in it day in, day out, and that's where your, your, 
your finances and your, your groceries are coming from, it's, it's hard and it takes a lot of, a lot of courage and it takes strategy saying, okay, I'm in this location. I need to change my, for example, I need to change my business to what the needs of the market are in this location, or do I need to actually change my business location to do what I want to do better? Yeah. Um, so that's, that's definitely part of the consideration. I like hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Heck yeah. Mm-hmm. This segment is brought to you by Turtleneck. Get your premium horse clothing by going to turtleneck.biz. What about talking about like you you come you mentioned that you have like some investment, you know, uh, uh, upstart kind of investor kind of people. That kind of rings to me like okay, our, our business a lot of times has horse owners, clients, whether it be student clients, uh, people who own horses, supporters, people like that, sponsors. Uh, you know, what about like, I, I consider those investors in your business in, in, in sort of a way, I don't know if it's parallel particularly, but, uh, can you speak to that? What, what are your thoughts on that type of thing and how to, how yeah. do you, the, those relationships, how, how, what, what do you think about, what, what are your thoughts on this? Oh yeah. There's so many parallels here. You know, us horse people, no matter what we're doing, we're thinking about horses, <laughs> right? So I was working for this venture capitalist and, and to clarify that a little bit more, that's, Think of think of like your Airbnbs or your Ubers. People are investing. People with some financial flexibility, let's say, are investing in these young businesses and these founders that have potential. That ultimately they'll they'll sell out to a bigger company or they'll go public, and the investors will get a, a great return on investment. And so I was working behind the scenes, looking at different young startup companies and, and looking at their profiles and working with with these folks on deciding who, essentially who they're going to invest in, which businesses, the models do they believe in, which founders do they believe in. And it was so interesting. And what, you know, there's a lot of great ideas out there, but really what people gravitate towards is individual relationships. They gravitated towards people that they enjoyed being with, that they saw some similarities, that they just believed in their energy and vision and and, um, and got to know. And so, gosh, I thought, yeah, think about, think about that young rider, any rider professional who wants to, to start that syndicate or bring on some sponsors, right? It's all about relationship building. Mm-hmm. It's getting out there, volunteering locally, nationally, supporting others, getting out there to horse expos and, and actually volunteering to go, Hey, go do a session, get, get known and then meet people, write articles and all types of um, publications, wherever, <laughs> make pitches for publications. Uh, it's never it's never too early to start building these relationships and, and everyone counts. Um, I'll have one story for you. We were buying a house, looking to buy a house a couple of years ago and we met with our real estate agent. We were having a conversation and I said, hey, will you take us? You know, our, our, our budget isn't, isn't all that high. He said, of course, of course I'll take you. You know, I never turned down anyone with a low budget because, you know, everyone knows someone with a big budget and people talk. <laughs> and so every, I serve everyone and everyone gets the same me and my services. And I love that because as professionals, we need to do the same thing. Every single person counts. All these relationships matter. Um, and yeah, that's how it grows. So yeah, so much, so many similarities there. Gotcha. Mm. Yeah. Well, it's, um, 
you know, it's, it, it brings back as we're talking about this, uh, Lucien Bellissimo, she was gone. <clears throat> and uh, if people get a chance, just go back into our archives and you'll see Lucien Bellissimo. And she has a business called Horse Scout. Right. And, uh, you know, we were very interested in her business. I love talking about business. I love learning about business. And she went the venture capital way. I think it was venture capital where she went and would go to conferences and pitch and pitch and pitch to get um, investors so she could launch her business um robustly in a, in a, and in a, in a, at full scale, like as opposed to Karen and I, we started major league eventing very grassroots, our mm-hmm. own money, slow build, um, you know, just a different style, right. but it's very interesting, you know, and the same with the horses, you know, sometimes you got to get out there and you got to learn to talk. And if people listen back to Lucien's, uh, it's relatable to say she had to work on her, uh, concept. She had to work on her delivery. She had to work on relationship building and things like that. And that's the same thing for horses. And that's not just saying, uh, these are horse owners. These are clients. These are right. people that want to come in for lessons or people that want to be boarders. Mm-hmm. And, and um, you know, those are more clients. But then, you know, I think horse owners are, are like your investors and, and things like that. Um, but, you know, as, as people listen to our show and they hear different but riders models, I think if, if we listen back and we kind of listen in with a business, our business ears on a little bit, we'll hear who's getting like almost like partners you know, people who have farms that they they're they're partnerships with right. uh so i think that's important it's important yeah, it is it's very important <clears throat> and it's just that's a good point too the strategic partnerships too like for example hey let's i'll work out of your farm you know the strategic partnerships in our yeah. industry too are super valuable so that's a, that's a great point yeah, mm-hmm. cool. yeah so again in our industry selling horses boarding uh, uh, syndicates. How important is it to get in it, everything in writing? Oh goodness, this is a big one in business, and this is something that sometimes just really surprises me. Things are so sometimes are so informal in our industry, um, and I don't really know what the the reason behind that is or the source behind that is, but it is so important to get things in writing, and I think. You know, that comes supporting sales, anything. But you know what? It It's not about necessarily, I mean, it is about protecting yourself and preventing lawsuits, but it really is about laying a clear, clear communication, clear expectations. It just saves everyone time and no hard feelings. Um, and so that's something that I've really seen working across government and private sector. Um, and sometimes it isn't, you know, thinking of government contracts, it's not necessarily about just to prevent, like I said, not just to prevent lawsuits, but it's about to have a clear work plan. Okay, what are parties, What who's responsible to what, and, and what do we do when this happens? And and uh, yeah, so that is a big takeaway for, for professionals, for sure. Yeah. So talking along those same lines, if you're going to put a document together, um, you, you know, I guess you would... I guess get an attorney, like what's your, what's your ideas on having like a team behind you? Like what, if you're looking to start your business or if you're started your business, but now you're, you kind of roll, what type of roles would, do you think someone could learn all this on their own or should they go out? Like, is it, is it, is it worth it to try to get, um, someone to do marketing, people someone to help to you bookkeeping. Yeah. yeah, this is, uh, this is a, this is a great point. So we there's a lot of one man shows or one woman shows in this industry, right? The person who's who that professional who's training the horses, teaching the clinics, doing their own marketing, doing their books, doing their 
finances, writing up their legal documents and insuring their horses and, and all of these different different things, um, it can be a lot. And sometimes if we if we zoom out and view our horse businesses, our businesses as as truly businesses, you realize that you don't need to be great at all these things. You know, you can be a great rider and trainer and um, you might be a terrible bookkeeper. And, and actually that's okay if you recognize that and, and get some help <laughs> and that can be totally worth it. And, you know, something I hear too, especially younger professionals starting off, oh, I, I don't have, don't have money to, to pay someone to do this and that. And, and that's fine. And I, I totally get it. And I think it just opens the door to be creative. So I know a professional who you know, just pretty much despises the social media. Just she wants to focus on horses and training and, and she appreciates what that has to offer, but you know, doesn't really enjoy doing it. And so she has her working student help her with it. And, um, you know, that's a creative way to get some help with that. And then working student, I'm, I'm assuming, is uh, enjoying it, maybe, <laughs> hopefully, probably more than she does. <laughs> um, and so... I think if we really think about it as a functioning business and then, you know, starting off, it, it is a lot of do-it-yourself DIY, similar to, to how, how you both started with this great effort and, and others, others jump in with a, a lot of extra support and some extra finances to get all the right help right away. And it just depends on where you're at and what you're comfortable with. Um, you know, as far there's some, definitely some, you're just starting off to so these riders that are out there listening that are looking to go professional. There's some major pieces you need first. I mean, I always stress and something is stressed in the course insurance you've got, don't do not, do not teach a single person um, or expect to step on anyone's property without fully covering yourself insurance wise. Um, back to what we're talking about, get things in writing, get your, get your liability releases figured out, get all that figured out. And there's things that that's something that you have got to get in order. Um, and, and then really word of mouth and just get started. Um, you can always improve, but you, you got to get started. And, uh, so that's, that's what I, what I would suggest, um, on, on that topic. Yeah. Well, you know, they, 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 they say if you, if you, the only way to learn how to be in business is to be in business or like the only way you have to be in business to learn your right. business. And, um, which it sounds crazy, but it's a lot of, you know, you want to plan really well, but then you have to kind of get after it. You have to, you have to go for it. And I think we were talking and I always tell people that are talking about getting into business and stuff like that. And even how we start a major league, it was like, um, I heard a story about called like the red dot theory. And I share this all the time and I love it, but same with this, this can apply to horses or anything else. You, you know, someone wants to start a business and they want to sell red dots and, um, you know, they, they make the best red dot in the world and they corner the market on the best red dot, best ink, best circle, everything. And they go and they start selling red dots and then they realize, uh, people kept calling them for blue dots and they're like, uh, well, would you like a blue dot? And people are like, well, yeah, I want a blue dot. I don't want it. I don't need a red dot. I need a blue dot. So they started selling blue dots. And then next thing you know, people were asking for, uh, how about yellow dots and green dots? And, and next thing you know, green and blue and yellow dots are, 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 are the primary sellers and the red dots. They're not selling many of them, but if they weren't ever in business, they never got started. They never could tell fully what, 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 
the market mm-hmm. in their area needs or what they're good at. You know, just cause you, um, mm-hmm. some people don't, you know, they think I got to sell horses. I got to do everything. You know, I gotta, I gotta have a couple empty stalls right. and rent them and I have to teach people and I have to train horses and I have to do this. But then at the same time, it's like, listen, get in business, see what works for you, what you're good at, what your, what, what your, your areas desire is and all that. And so there's lots of stories of people like that. So, um, could we talk? Yeah, and I, just um, go ahead. No, no, please. Oh yeah, yeah. Just on that point too. Um, yeah, we see so many. Like you said, people are trying to, to trying to trying to do it all, and and that can really be a source of of burnout. That if you listen to, especially just getting started, really think strategically about yeah, what you're good at. Just like you mentioned, what what do you what are you good at? What can you? What are your skills? What can you offer? Who is that valuable for? And then go for it. And, and like you said, if, if that red dot isn't working, then go find <laughs> find what people do want and, right. and try to fill that need. And I think that that definitely can help if you're if you're searching for that market opportunity and it's aligning with what you're good at. That's also a great way to prevent burnout, too, which is a real and, and serious issue in this in this industry, too. So yeah, sure is. the one thing about our industry that's I don't know if it would be different. I guess it's the same as a lot. You know, I come from the mechanical trades industry you know and same with horses like you have to be somewhat proficient at what you're going to do like if you're going to be a a horse if you want to be a competitive eventer you know there's always that uh when do you go out on your own and sit out on your own but that's i mean i'm assuming that's just more of a personal thing of you know do you feel like you're ready or or can you start your business and continue your your training with your coaches and and so forth yeah, that one. I'm glad you brought that up because that's a hot, that's a hot topic. Like, and when I is it time to go out on my own? When am I yeah. able, you know? Yeah, and everyone has pretty strong opinions about that. Um, you know, you have to work under someone for X many years. Um, you need to be riding at this level for this many years. You know, there's some real clear formulas out there that are, are verbalized and um, I, I'm not set and I, I don't have a, a clear formula that I've found <laughs> that works for everyone. I think it really, um, it depends on that individual and, and their business model. Uh, so for example, we, we do need, we do need really good trainers at the grassroots level. Right. And while everyone would love to be guided and trained by a five star rider, you know, there's a lot of areas, this is a big country, a lot of areas in this country that that just, you know, they just don't have that that level of, of trainers and professionals around. But what we do need is we also need some great grassroots trainers. And if we think about who our our major mentors were when we were in our early riding days and there were great grassroots trainers. And so I think it really depends on you as an individual. So some, and it's okay, especially those young riders out there that are wanting to go professional, but just getting really overwhelmed with, with, Oh, how do I, how do I get, how do I get sponsors? And how do I, how do I get um, horses? And I need to be riding at this level by this age. And, you know, you can put a lot of pressure on yourself and it, it's, um, I'm not, I'm not here to give you a clear answer, but I'm here to, I'm here to say there's a lot of different models and there's a lot of different ways to be profitable, serving different levels of our sport and doing that well. So 
I don't have a good answer there for you. And I wish I did. I'm sorry, riders that are, are on that edge right now, but happy to, to really dive into that, um, you know, at some point, to, because there are, there are some, I could go on and on about that, but yeah, there are some strong opinions out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now let's talk about, you know, we got some really good value information. Yeah, we there. did. Good, good Very thought-provoking good. Mm-hmm. stuff. You know, it's, this, this conversation is about starting the conversation and, you know, cr- creating, you know, uh, the thoughts, you know, and get people's wheels turning. So now tell us about the Rising Equestrian Pro um, and the products that you're uh, putting out in this in this. Uh, or just tell us all about it. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want sure, to sure. put it in a nutshell that I might be wrong because it's bigger than just, you know. So t- tell us. Yeah, all about sure, it. no problem. Yeah, we just launched this year, although it's been in the making for quite a while. And our main product at this point is a course called the Emerging Equestrian Professional Course. And so this was really brought about because if you think of those, it's it's um, meant to help young riders strategically prepare for a professional riding training career. Because if you think about it right now, there's very few opportunities to really develop yourself on the business side of things to go pro. So even if you're, even if you're working for a great rider and working in a business for someone for months or years, sometimes you really don't get the behind the scenes of how they run their business. How are they structuring their costs? How are they structuring their agreements? And, and so this, this is a, this course was put together, a six week online course was put together to, to one, bring in experts in our field, technical experts, right? That expert on in equine law, uh, equine business, bookkeeping, marketing, all focus on equine. And then, and then, and, and my favorite part, and I think some of the students really enjoy this as well, as we bring in some professionals that are, are doing it right, you know, doing some really good things. So we take that topic for the week and we get that behind the scene looks, you know, behind closed doors. We ask tough questions. We get real. We get honest about what's happening behind the scenes with their business and on the topic for the week, right? Talking about sponsorships, talking about um, profit, right? And how they're structuring their costs and what's working, what didn't work. And, and so anyway, it's just a great opportunity to bring people together, especially our young riders who are thinking about this and, and to give them some skills, some business skills. And, and yeah, they're not going to leave the course as experts, but they sure should be able to have a better conversation and know where they need to get help. So um, that's, that's the idea behind all this. Yeah. That's really cool. Is, is, um, is this course geared just for someone who's a fledgling professional or could someone that's maybe a pro, but they're, they're struggling a little bit. Could they benefit from this type of course? Yes. I think this is definitely a course that is uh, very applicable to current professionals as well. And in fact, in our, we're running the pilot right now with the, um, a handful of students and some of them have already started their businesses. And I, I hope that they're really getting a lot from it. Cause we're always, even if you've been in the business for years, we're always learning things mm-hmm. and we're always trying to improve. And, and so, yeah, it's really to help those, those people that say, Hey, finishing high school, not sure what I'm doing. Yeah. Other people say, Hey, I'm in college. I'm not sure what I'm doing. <laughs> you know, oh, I'm, I'm a, 
I'm in the business and it's going great and I still have some things to learn, right? So it really is meant to span across those different stages of, of riders and their professional journeys per se. And are the, mm. are the students of the course, like you said, it's their, their weekly live sessions. Are the students of the course anonymous or does, or is it a round table type of thing where everyone kind of knows who everyone is or uh, yep. how does that work? Yep. Everyone knows. And that's part of it too, to build that sense of community. Um, that's, that's a big thing that my, my vision for this is that as professionals, we do need to rely on, on other professionals to improve our businesses and to, um, you know, keep our sanity. (laughs) And so I'll give you, I'll give you a good example. And and I'm going to be honest, it can be, it can be hard sometimes. So I took some maternity leave recently, welcomed our first child And I wanted to take that first month away and just really focus on the baby. And I brought in um, another gal in town to take over my lessons. And, you know, and I really appreciate her stepping in. It's, it's hard. That was hard to, to take the, you know, let my students go and, and, uh, you know, cause I've dedicated so much to them and care about them so much, but it was great. And, uh, and then she went South and then I helped her with her students that stayed North. So, you know, it's, in the end, I, I learned a bit from that and just being realistic that we do need to rely on each other. And, uh, and when we, when professionals can lean on each other and brainstorm with each other, that it really does make our sport stronger, right? And it makes our, gives our clients more options and it's, um, yeah. And so anyway, them getting to know each other is a big part of this course right. too. So yeah. this course has already started. Um, I'm assuming there's going to be courses to follow. How do people learn more about this program and, and future programs that you're doing? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. There'll be, there'll be another one towards the end of the year, um, end of the summer, end of the year. And well, they can find out that the best way is visit our website, get on our mailing list. You'll get all the updates, uh, follow us on social media, rising equestrian pro, uh, and just follow along and always happy to reach. Feel free to reach out to me directly. You can send me a DM or send me an email. Um, and happy, happy to chat as well. So yeah, I'd love to love to keep growing this thing and, and really help our, our up and coming professionals. Yeah. Well, Karen, I think that this is, you know, Karen and I talk about it all the time. Mm-hmm. We really want to help grow the sport and grow the community and, um, the only way to do that is to have people that can actually, you know, earn a living and, right. and sustain and survive. And same with shows. We want, we want show venues and all that to do well. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is when, when, when we found out about what you were doing and we were talking, Emily, it was like, wow, this is, this is fantastic. Cause we've had uh, similar ideas, yeah. uh, you know, of things we would like to grow into, right. you know, helping provide resources and training for people, uh, not necessarily from us, but through experts and having people want. So when you did this, I was like, well, Hey, fantastic. You know, you're, um, uh, you know, you, you, you have a great vision and we really appreciate that. Um, do you have any closing oh, thoughts, any closing thoughts before we uh, wrap this up? Well, the last, the last thing I can, I can think of is this is a great community and, uh, and if any of your listeners are interested in participating, for example, if there are professionals out there that have you know, really have seen, have, have seen the ropes and they're running great businesses and they're 
are interested in supporting emerging professionals and young professionals. I'd love to connect um, to figure out how to make this better and to really serve the industry and, and other partners too. Always welcome to chat and, and give feedback on how to make this better, how to make this awesome and, and what and just give feedback on, on what our young riders and our young professionals need to really make it and be successful, whatever, whatever they define as successful to them. So uh, that's, that's all I have, but thanks so much for, for uh, inviting me on this evening. And uh, it's been great to, to chat. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's show. To learn more about Major League Eventing, go to MajorLeagueEventing.com and join our mailing list to get all the Major League Eventing updates. Cheers.